Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Are you being influenced? If you watched a blockbuster film in the last decade, then there's a chance it's been influenced by the Chinese Communist Party. Here's the reality. The CCP may be running the largest influence campaign in history. In Hollywood Takeover, brought to you by the Epic Times, investigative reporter Tiffany Meyer reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash jesse. Jesse Kelly here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, instinct may drive you to reach for lethal means immediately. But we all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of deadly force. Enter the Berna Less Lethal Pistol Launcher equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo to incapacitate an attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states, requires no background checks, and can be shipped right to your door. Visit Berna.com slash Jesse now for an exclusive 10% discount. Pure Talk, my sponsor and my wireless company, is now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. As you plan your summer travel, make sure your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. Go to puretalk.com slash jesse to make the switch today and save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com slash jesse. You know how much I love to say, I told you so? We might be closing in on one of, the, one of those big ones. We have Elon Musk talk tonight. We're talking about Joe Biden, the military. We have ugly things happening in Sri Lanka. Why? All that's coming up on I'm Right. Some of the groups want, I'm going to look like a fool here in this interview. But. <laughs> I put a helmet on because it's a tough interview. <laughs> <laughs> um, bike helmets do kind of look dumb, don't they? I know I shouldn't say that. Kids, wear your bike helmet, right? It's the only, it's the only brain God ever gave you. The only one he's ever going to give you. But man, they do look lame. They look terrible. All that aside, Joe Biden is not doing well. This is not news to you. You know all this. Uh, but I'm going somewhere with it. So hang on. The guy can't walk up the stairs. He can't ride a bike. He, look, let's just be honest. He just generally looks terrible. Those eyes look really bad. The mouth hanging open thing looks really bad. And if I'm being frank, how he walks. Have you really looked at him walking yet? When he has any kind of extended area that he has to walk, like when he gets off the helicopter heading into the White House. Have you seen how Joe Biden walks? The very purposeful way he walks. Why do you think that is? Don't worry, I'm going somewhere here. Remember, this is a president. The president of the United States of America has world-changing decisions he makes regularly. That's just part of being the head of the most powerful country on the planet. That's part of that. Part of the job as the president of the United States of America is you are directing affairs on a world stage. Joe Biden is so cognitively impaired, broken, I don't know what word we want to put on that, 
he can't read a teleprompter. Do you know what it's like when you have a teleprompter? Have you ever had one? I've had a couple situations where I've had one. We don't have one here on the first. I just do this off the top of my head. But it's not uncommon to have a teleprompter when you do TV. And I want you to understand something. When you're reading a teleprompter, it's very, very clear the words you're supposed to read. And they make it very clear when, like, oh, I don't know, end of quote is put there because they put it in these little boxes. It's not something you have to be a genius to figure out. It's very evident on the teleprompter, and yet the president still can't read one. It is noteworthy that the percentage of women who register to vote and cast a ballot is consistently higher than the percentage of the men who do so, end of quote. Repeat the line, end of quote. Repeat the line, end of quote. Repeat the line, end of quote. Repeat the line. Embarrassing. The President of the United States of America makes decisions that affect the world, and yet he can't think on his feet enough to read a teleprompter. And so what's the White House do? Well, this White House does what they've honestly mastered. In less than two years, they have mastered this flat-out lying about it. The White House, they edited the official transcript. Think about how wild this is. They edited the trans transcript to make it sound like he said, let me repeat the line, which I and the team here, we actually slowed it down for you for a reason and let you listen several times. That's not what he said. Anyone with two ears knows that's not what he said, but they don't care. Just brazen lies at all times. And we're getting to my prediction. Just, just hang with me here for a second. Joe Biden, on top of, you know, standard flubs like this and looking, looking like an idiot in his bike helmet, Joe Biden appears to be losing the culture. He does. You know, Breitbart said uh, politics is downstream of culture. It's true. Joe Biden has lost card-carrying Democrat Snoop Dogg. And don't get me wrong, we're not going to start lining up behind Snoop Dogg, but Snoop Dogg, you know, he's a big weed guy, the devil's lettuce. He has a Sleepy Joe OG, quote, you won't even remember what country you were in. Now, you can scoff at that. Ah, Jesse, that doesn't matter. Who cares about Snoop Dogg? Oh, I don't know, the 74 million people who follow him on Instagram. I don't care, you don't care, but a lot of people do care. Which brings me to our point. Joe Biden, 58% disapproval, 30% approval. That gap, that's the biggest in recorded history. Gas prices are high, inflation is high, people are miserable, people are angry. So, where am I going with all this? Do you remember what I said back in April? I don't want to act like this is the first time I said this, so I'm actually just going to play me from back in April. I think the powers that be are tired of Joe Biden, frustrated with him, and I think this entire thing is a coordinated effort to get Joe Biden to resign after the midterms. What did we see over the weekend? Almost like a snowball effect. It went way more than, it went way beyond Snoop Dogg and his weed. Well, we saw a gigantic hack of Hunter Biden's information. And I'm not going to play these things for you on this show because they're not family friendly at all. But let's just say there was a whole lot there with Hunter Biden, with Joe Biden, drugs, all kinds of illegalities and things I'm not going to elaborate on. Okay, so Hunter Biden's a grease fire. That's not new. Well, here's what is new. The New York Times attacking Joe Biden. Understand that the New York Times is probably the most despicable publication in the United States of America. You could make an argument the paper itself should be broken up and disbanded for treason, for high treason. They are absolutely and have been the mouthpiece for the Democratic Party. And yet they're running headlines now that say, quote, at 79, Biden is testing the boundaries of age and the presidency. The New York Times is now openly slipping a knife into the ribs of Joe Biden. And let me tell you something. This article went way beyond a headline. 
They go on to say they had to postpone trips for Joe Biden so he could get rested up and properly function. There's a bunch of really ugly stuff in there. So you have the Hunter stuff, you have the Joe looking like a doofus stuff. They're even asking Dome some very pointed questions about Joe Biden's viability for 2024. There is speculation among some Democrats and some Republicans that President Biden won't run for re-election in 2024. What's your message to those who say that? Listen to President Biden. He intends to run. And if he does, I intend to run with him. <laughs> so there you go. Why is that funny? She's so awkward. But still, this is something that's happening right now. Joe Biden is not functional. He's not in control. It's very obvious now from pictures and video we have that he's being handled by everyone, including his wife, Jill Biden, who's been seen publicly scolding him multiple times. We have a deteriorating old man as president of the United States of America who has to be led around by his nose. And speaking of Jill Biden, you ever heard of the name Gary Valesky? Former three-star general, he's now a consultant, you know, government contracts. That's the general life when you retire. You generally still get paid to go do some consulting work. Well, he uh, said, glad to see you finally know what a woman is on social media, on Twitter, actually, to Jill. He's fired now. Yeah, he's fired. You see, you can't criticize the regime. Why is this general fired? Because Democrats actually take their purge of the military very seriously. They would never allow anyone to serve who might even slightly question anything about them. Republicans, however, they love doing that. They love making every excuse in the book for useless generals, useless admirals, people with a bunch of ribbons on their chest. I mean, I've pointed this out, maybe you've seen this, but this female army soldier is comfortable going on video, sitting there on video, on her phone, recording herself, questioning her loyalty to the United States of America. Why would a soldier feel comfortable saying this? I have thoughts. I have thoughts and I have questions. And I it happened. It happened. I woke up from a nap to this. On deployment, I woke up from a nap to this news. America is waking up to this news. I just extended my contract to continue serving this country a week ago. How am I supposed to swear to support and defend the Constitution and a country that treats its women like second-class citizens. How am I supposed to do that? Felt totally comfortable putting that out online. I just want to be clear that human being should be discharged from the military. And for most of America's history, would have been discharged from the military. But sleep tight at night as China puts aircraft carriers into the South China Sea and Russia and Iran are joining with China to mobilize against us, that human being there is going to be on the front lines protecting you. Why does this happen? Why does she feel comfortable? Because she knows as long as you're a card-carrying liberal, you're going to be fine in the military. She'll probably get promoted. I mean, after all, she believes in abortion. You see, our militaries become a disgusting social experiment where they spend hour after hour after hour examining whiteness, making sure they're gay enough, and making sure the women are comfortable. What they don't do, apparently, though, is actually tie down the Super Hornet fighter jets on the aircraft carriers because, oh, I don't know, we just lost one in the Mediterranean. The wind blew it off the aircraft carrier. We can't even remember as a Navy to secure our $65 million fighter jets to the deck. We do, however, know just how evil America is. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. We're going to talk to Dave Reboy about Joe and my theory that they're going to push him out after the midterms here in just a moment. But let's talk about not every company's trash now. 
It feels like they are. Sometimes we feel surrounded. You do, I do. It feels like they own it all. Not every company's trash. You have options out there. You just have to go find them. Health insurance. Where do you get your health insurance from? Do they share your values? You know One Share Health does share your values. They're a faith-based company. You see 5% of your monthly. 5% of your monthly goes to veterans struggling with PTSD. They have every coverage option you could want. Vision, dental, 24-7 telehealth, you name it. And they share your values. And they let you save some money. When you go to my.onesharehealth.com slash Kelly, promo code Jesse Kelly, that gets you 75 bucks off your enrollment fee. How about that? My.onesharehealth.com slash Kelly, promo code Jesse Kelly. We'll be back. Each morning, the President of the United States receives a highly classified briefing on the most important issues facing the country. It's called the President's Daily Brief, or PDB. It's delivered by America's spies and analysts. Well, now you can hear your very own PDB in the form of a podcast hosted by me, Brian Dean Wright, a former CIA operations officer. Each morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, I'll bring you 15 to 20 minutes of the most important issues facing the country giving you the critical intelligence and analysis you need to start your morning. Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida, 1918. 17 dead, 17 in... 1918. That's weird. I always thought Parkland was 2018. But anyway... I have a theory, and I'm going to run it by Dave, because he'll tell me if he thinks I'm stupid. Joining me now is my friend Dave Reboy. Highly recommend you go subscribe to his Substack, Late Republic Nonsense. He's also a senior fellow Claremont Institute. Dave, I say he's gone after the midterms. Not, not 15 minutes after, but we got the New York Times running hit pieces on him. He's not popular. They're going to get crushed in the midterms. I say they scapegoat him and shuttle him right out of the White House at some point a month or two after for health reasons or something. What say you? Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think it's it's pretty clear now that we've seen, um, uh, let's say, a coordinated attack from all quarters. And, um, you know, it's it's coming from the media. I think there are... Look, I mean, for, as far as the American people are concerned, we've for a long time thought that this guy was, you know, kind of mentally checked out and out to pasture. Um, but I think what's what's happening is he's uh, he's facing a, uh, a revolt um, among Democrat partisans who are just, you know, freaked out that 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 this guy can't even drag himself across the, he can't even be dragged by the media across the finish line, which is a kind of big deal. So I think I, I agree with you. They're going to uh, get rid of him as, uh, as as soon as possible. But, you know, as, as, as you know, they're in a bit of a pickle because they don't have a, uh, uh, a, you know, they don't have really anyone on deck that is at all inspiring or palatable. You know what? We'll actually get to that in a second. I want, I want to pick your brain real quick about the left being angry with Joe Biden. Now, I know for some reasons Dave Reboy doesn't like Joe Biden, and obviously you know why I don't like Joe Biden. That's, that, that, I get that, but these card-carrying communists aren't mad at him for the same reasons we're mad at him for. Why are they mad at him? He's done everything, in my opinion, he could possibly do to trash this place in a year and a half. Well, yeah, I mean, I, there, there are a couple of reasons for that. Uh, number one is... Look, I mean, uh, they they think he is not going far enough and fast enough. Um, so there's there's a bit of that uh, there's a bit of that kind of disappointment with with him not you know ushering in full communism um, on on their particular fast timeline. Number one. Um, number two is he just he can't speak, and the fact that he can't <laughs> speak. Someone pointed. I, I'm forgetting who who pointed this out, but. Policy is really not so much, it's not all that important to the left at this point. What they want is they want someone to emote um, kind of ideologically. They want someone to really get in, you know, our faces. And Joe Biden can do a little bit of that on one hand, but on the other hand, he's just not, he's just not coherent. And and look, I, I mean, um, we, we saw... 
we saw in the last, like, let's say the, the, in the last week, it's really been kind of uh, uh, ticking, ticking upward about how everyone is disappointed in, uh, in, in Biden. And I think it's, it's really significant that we don't see one particular name or really two names mentioned. One is, uh, is, uh, is Susan Rice and the other one is Ron Klain, who are both you know, joined at the hip running this administration, clearly uh, behind the scenes, um, uh, you know, in lieu of Joe Biden, you know, I mean, they, they kind of sit Joe Biden in a room and tell him, you do this, you do that, while while he sits and, you know, plays with uh, with his ice cream. But, uh, but they're really running the show. And I think it's fascinating that you have not heard those two names at all mentioned in the, uh, in, in the press coverage. Um, nobody is going after them. Nobody is blaming them for what they perceive to be this administration's, uh, you know, policy or communications inadequacies. Everyone is just kind of pointed, uh, uh, fixed at, uh, at at Biden himself, which leads me to believe that uh, that, you know, it's coming from within the house, as they say. Well, which brings us to what you mentioned earlier. The backup plan. It's easy for you and me and everyone else to point at what a disaster Joe is and say he's going to be gone, but they're not just going to lay down and let uh, Trump or DeSantis or whoever take it in 2024. They're going to come up with some kind of a plan. They always rally around one guy. Who's it going to be? I, I, I've i said Eric Adams just for lack of options. Dome can't do it. Everyone hates her. Pete's too gay to, to win a Democrat primary. He can't get the black vote. I'd say it has to be someone like Adams, right? Uh, yeah, look, I don't know. I'm I'm awful bad at this. I'm very I've, I've I'm historically terrible at guessing um, who the Democrats may may prop up. Look, all this time I thought that Kamala Harris was going to be a shoe in uh, the last time around because she checks off all of the boxes for the left, um, but they couldn't get her above what two percent in the Democratic primaries. And what they do, they went with the old white guy who's basically senile. And, um, and, and, and Kamala Harris, I mean, if there's anyone who is less popular than Joe Biden, it's Kamala Harris. And then you throw in there some of the other ones, you know, you throw in there uh, Gavin Newsom, who they're talking about. I mean, Gavin Newsom is, is absolutely as, uh, um, as uh, I mean, he's as desirous of that position and ambitious as, as you can be. Um, yeah, I mean, he's another white guy who looks like American psycho and, um, and, and kind of acts like it too. Uh, I don't know how he'll do in a Democratic primary. Um, I don't know how he'll do with the kind of Democratic power brokers that that really decide these things. I mean, we've seen it. We we saw it. Um, I think after the Obama um, upset victory in 2008 over Hillary Clinton. Uh, really, since then, the Democratic Party clamped down and they said, "Okay, we're not going to." Um, you know, we're not going to let the people decide any of this, which kind of was one reason why they they uh, they, um, uh, they 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 tried to subvert Bernie's chances in uh, in in 2016 in favor of Hillary. So it's and and they did the same thing with Biden, really. You know, I mean, Biden was just propped up by the Democratic establishment. So I mean, we'll see what happens. I, I think the lesson is that there doesn't really have to be that much of a connection between folks, between the, the, the candidates that the Democratic Party offers and the people who, um, who, will, who will vote for them. I mean, they, they, the party will just decide on who it is and, and that's, that's what it'll be. Um, I mean, this was the case in the Republican Party for a long time um, until Donald Trump. Yeah. yeah. All right, Dave, let's, let's ask. I know you've seen the Hunter Biden stuff, the the videos, the whatever. To be to be frank, it made me feel kind of bad for Hunter Biden. Clearly just a grease fire of a human being, uh, an addict, somebody who's going to be a mess his entire life. But it really is a big deal if the president's son is a crackhead on video with ladies of the night making illegal deals with China. It really is a big deal. Well, it's the last part that brings it into kind of national security threat zone. Um, look, I mean, he, even if he wouldn't be making deals with, uh, with, with China or with the Russians or the Ukrainians or really God knows who else at this point, 
um, it would be a bad thing because it would open up the president to blackmail. It would, you know, it's 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 always kind of ugly and and uh, and and a crisis. But then when you add to the fact that this guy was um, the the main instrument for for enriching the Biden family personally, based on you know, based on bennies that could be gotten from the U.S. government and Joe Biden's position as vice president and president. Um, I mean, this is really, really serious, seriously criminal stuff. And I mean, we're looking at the videos and of course it um, it's shocking. Some of the, the, you know, you see him with crack, you see him uh, doing all kinds of insane stuff naked. I mean, all of that is crazy and kind of tabloid fodder. But let's not forget the fact that these people are making bank off of, um, you know, off of their position as, as you know, off of, off of the public trust that uh, that is kind of uh, entrusted to them. Um, this yeah. is like the, this is some of the worst, nastiest, most grotesque uh, corruption that that this country has ever seen. I mean, it's 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 definitely the most base and degenerate corruption uh, uh, corruption scandal that uh, that I think the, the presidency has ever seen, and the media doesn't want to cover it. Yeah, golly. Dave Reboy, Late Republic Nonsense is his substack. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, great to see you. Sri Lanka. I don't expect you to care about Sri Lanka. I mean, maybe you're a big fan, but I don't expect you to care about it, but you should be paying attention to it. So should I. What's happening there? I, I think this... I think this is bigger than you think or bigger than I think. We're going to talk to our friend Brian Dean Wright about that next. Should we be paying attention? Is this a big deal or is it a small deal? We'll find out. Before we find that out, let me give away the farm a little bit here. I do believe we are on the verge of something global. The, the globe changes sometimes and powers that be get cast out. These things generally domino. That's how things go. I don't know what's going to happen with our country, with anything. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with the dollar. You hear what they're saying about inflation. You don't need me to tell you. I, knew, I do know this. No matter what happens with governments, currency, whatever, gold will have value. You know how I know that? Because I read history books. And they were killing each other for gold 2,000 years ago and before that. It's always been worth a fortune. Oxford Gold Group will deliver it to your front door. To your front door. They're super laid back and easy to work with. I'm not telling you to do anything crazy. Just be ready. Protect yourself. 833-995-GOLD. Tell them Jesse told you to call. 833-995-GOLD. That is Sri Lanka, and that's the Prime Minister's house that is now on fire. Actually, maybe it's burned to ash now. Either way, it's been burning for a while. And do you remember back in May of 2022, a gentleman you may recognize, Brian Dean Wright, came on the show, and he had this to say. India, normally a big exporter to the world. Unfortunately, they're having tremendous amounts of uh, problems in terms of weather. They're not getting a crop this year, so they can't export to make up for all the loss that would have otherwise come from Russia and Ukraine. So, for instance, they usually send wheat to a little country called Sri Lanka, just south of India itself. They are down about 40% up from their wheat supplies. That's feeding riots, and indeed the prime minister of that country was thrown out because of it. So a big impact that we are seeing in places in Asia. Indonesia is another big place as well. That is what you call calling your shot right there. Brian Dean Wright, host of, of course, the great President's Daily Brief podcast. Less than 20 minutes. You're caught up on the news every single day. Brian, look, as a man who loves to gloat and say, I told you so, I'm just going to let you. Look, you round the bases at whatever pace you feel like rounding the bases. Brian, please take it away. Look, uh, some people call me Nostradamus. Uh, it's true. <laughs> uh, Others call me Miss Cleo. He's also famous for the oh. 90s. Resemblance pretty pretty striking, as you can tell. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a big deal. Not as big as you, Jesse, but I, I try. 
<laughs> All right. It, in all seriousness, you called it, but explain why we're seeing what we're seeing. Let's be frank. No disrespect to them. Most Americans could not even find Sri Lanka on a map and don't have any idea why this may in any way be relevant to them. They just see another country somewhere having some political problems. What are we looking at? Yeah, so you start this out exactly as we should. Why do we care? Well, we're about to dive into it, and I want people to really listen and think, hey, that kind of sounds like some stuff that America is going through. That's the scary part of this. Sri Lanka used to be a pretty rich country in South Asia, and guess what? They went from rich to, you can see, storming the president's palace. So here we go. There are three big reasons that you're seeing this happen. First, debt. Right. So for about 10 years, the regime in Sri Lanka, which was actually quite loved and, and embraced, they took on tons and tons, billions of dollars worth of debt. Well, that's a problem in no small part when you can't start paying it off. Right. And by the way, the debt is controlled at least at least 10 percent of it, if not more, by China, the United States. Just as an aside, the communists control over a trillion dollars of our debt. So nevertheless, so we've got all this debt in Sri Lanka. The second thing, COVID. So the Sri Lankan government locks down its country. Well, that's a problem because they really need tourist dollars. Well, they went down 91% on the number of tourists who came into the country. And that means Oof. a massive revenue source just disappeared within weeks. All right, so now we've got massive debt, we've got no income or very little income, but the income that, we, that the Sri Lankans did have came from agriculture. So brilliantly, the Sri Lankans said, let's go to organic farming. The environmentalists were pushing the Sri Lankan government to embrace uh, organic farming. And they did. Overnight, they said all fertilizers and all pesticides were illegal, banned them. So you have 30% of Sri Lankans who are involved in the ag community, farmers who wake up one morning and suddenly they can't farm anymore, or at least they have no you know, pesticides, no fertilizers to make their crops grow. Well, what do you think happened? Well, anybody who is a farmer, or you have to be a farmer to know what's probably gonna happen next, yields collapse. 20, 70% of reduction in yields for things like rice. Well, that's a big deal because Sri Lankans really you know, consume a lot of rice and they export it to get that foreign exchange or that money, right? So now the Sri Lankans have very massive amounts of debt. They have no tourist money and they just kneecap themselves with having no ag industry and they can't feed themselves. So now they're importing all kinds of food. Well, that leads up to the last couple months to include the wheat wars. They're running out of wheat and rice and lots of other things. They have very few crops left to export. And now the government gets tossed out. Buildings are burning down. The presidential palace is occupied by people who are hanging out in the bathroom and, and the, the pool enjoying themselves. So it's a mess. That country went from one of the richest to one of the poorest, in fact, in the midst of anarchy. Brian, should we care? I mean, on a global level, obviously, setting aside the violence and stuff there, do we, should we worry about things like this spreading to places that do matter a lot to us personally, speaking selfishly as an American? Yeah, so I think what this is, this is sort of like the canary in the coal mine, where you're starting to see a lot of countries out there in the world who have a lot of debt, who have struggled or suffered because of COVID lockdowns and COVID policies that were really silly. And now we have this sort of Green New Deal idea. It's been floating around for a while, the World Economic Forum really pushing it. So you have this global machinery that's kind of pushing in the same direction that Sri Lanka has gone in. And that's what I think is really concerning. Our countries are you know, following the, the course of the World Economic Forum and others, You know this whole green climate change uh, stuff. Again, think what you will about carbon dioxide emissions and so forth. The point is, if you don't manage all of that process well, you could be in big trouble. So our trade partners, the people who import the stuff that we create, you know, keep our factories churning. If those governments start going under and you start having these little mini revolutions, yeah, it's a really big deal for Americans because they need our stuff and we want to sell it to them. But that's probably pretty hard when the country is erupting and they have no fuel, they have no food, and there's anarchy everywhere. Yeah. Brian, what's going on with the natural gas wars? We hear a lot about natural gas. Everyone talks about oil this and oil that. Natural gas doesn't get exactly the same kind of love and attention, but there's something going on out there. What's, what's going on? Yeah, a really big deal. A couple of weeks ago in Kentucky, an aluminum plant or mill shut down, all because they couldn't afford the natural gas price. Well, 
that's strange though because we actually produce a lot of it in this country but as it turns out because europe needs so much of it because the russians are no longer giving us as much natural gas as they used to in fact that number's down about 60 percent from normal well there's this massive market and a huge demand and a big price or a big premium that the europeans are paying and so our oil and gas companies understandably want a chunk of that so they're exporting what we produce about 75 percent of that what used to be about 35 percent well that means here we have less supply same demand or similar demand that means prices are going to go up here and not just for companies like aluminum companies that really need that natural gas to create their products but it's also natural gas electricity plants you know the folks who power our homes so when your electricity bill starts going up it might be because your plant that produces your electricity needs natural gas and the prices have gone up by about threefold just in the past few months so yes we should be you know very concerned about what's happening in europe uh, they're our biggest export you know trade partners so yes we should be very much concerned but turns out we're actually exporting a whole bunch of our natural gas to help take care of them and it's disadvantaging us in this country especially at the very moment when our economy can least afford the kind of big economic punches that we're starting to see all because of inflation okay how, how should we be handling this i'm sure biden's going to screw it all up but if you were running the show how 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 would you handle this well, the first piece is production, man. Look, most of our natural gas comes from our oil fields, right? It's, it's a byproduct. So we need more drilling and we need to capture more of that natural gas. That's not an overnight thing, but that needs to be you know, something that happened yesterday, right? Second, there needs to be conversation which, with our oil and gas companies to say, look, if you keep more of your natural gas in this country, we're gonna compensate you, that is to say the federal government, tax credits, whatever it might be, and then can we negotiate a deal where rather than 75%, you come back down to say 65 or 70%, make sure that you keep this economy going because as much as we wanna make money, as much as we wanna help the Europeans, we got a little bit of America first here that we have to take care of. But really, all those are kind of band-aid solutions. The bigger challenge here is the war between Ukraine and Russia. That war has to be brought to a peaceful conclusion because that's really driving all of this. So the question is, how do you do that? Well, that, that's another show. But the bottom line is the president should be absolutely 100% laser focused by any and all means necessary to get both the Ukrainians and the Russians to the negotiating table. I've got some ideas, but the bottom line, it's, it's not easy, but that's where we need to focus. Yeah. Brian Dean Wright, the president's daily brief is the podcast. Go subscribe. Thank you, brother. You betcha. Elon Musk is buying Twitter. But he's not buying Twitter, and then he is, then he's not. I, I can't keep track of all this. Should we even care? We're going to talk to Kara Frederick about that, and we're going to talk to her about that next. But I know you should care about your family's health. You know Eden Pure Thunderstorm? I tell you about it all the time. That little miracle black box. Yeah, it's an air purifier, but it's just this little black box. It's about that big. Plugs right in the wall. You hardly know it's there. On top of it, fixing my allergies. It kills viruses and mold in your air. If you go plug one in, in a room in your house, when you get your three-pack and you go plug one in, I want you to do me a favor, plug it into the room and come back in an hour or two. You'll be able to taste how clean the air is. Get one of these things, not just for allergies, for your daggone health. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Use the code JESSE because that gets you $200 off a three-pack of them. EdenPureDeals.com, code JESSE. We'll be back. Elon Musk, he's going to buy Twitter. He's not going to buy Twitter, but he is going to buy Twitter, and then he's not going to buy Twitter. I can't keep track of all this or why it matters. So let's bring in some experts. Our favorite tech expert, Kara Frederick, research fellow with the Heritage Foundation and also former Facebook employee. She knows what she's talking about. Okay, Kara, what exactly is going on with Elon Musk? Is he buying it? He's not buying it? What are we seeing here? You know, I think everybody is pretty much in the dark at this point. We're subject to the whims of Elon. I guess that it's his world, right? We're just living in it. He is the richest man in the world, and he's throwing us all for a loop. So on Saturday, when the news broke that Elon was pulling out of this $44 billion takeover, you know, I was pretty crestfallen. I kind of thought this might be the stake in the heart of all of it. But 
I don't think so at this point. I think that he has something else up his sleeve because since April, when he announced that he was going to go through with this takeover, we've seen that he's been constantly setting himself up for more advantageous terms. And at this point, I'm kind of wondering he might be doing the same thing again. Um, We do know that Twitter is in a bind here because they've lost, according to the Wall Street Journal, $11 billion since Elon announced the takeover in April. So they're saying, okay, we really want Elon to actually stay true to his word and buy this company. But he says Twitter has committed a material breach of the takeover agreement. They haven't been honest about the bot count in SEC filings. Twitter basically said, we have about 5% of bots on our platform. And Elon said, no, I'm going to cobble together a team in two months of people to actually assess how many bots are on this platform. On Friday, they said we actually couldn't do it. They suspected upwards of 20%, maybe even 25, but they realized they couldn't reach that number. So Elon's saying, okay, you're still in material breach. You've made actual changes to the platform without my consent. So therefore, I'm pulling out of the deal. And Twitter is saying, no, 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 no. If you want to do that, you have to either pay $1 billion, but we want you to take over the company. So I see a protracted legal battle ahead. It's not over yet. Okay, Kara, I want to rewind real quick to a couple things you said. One, you said Twitter lost $11 billion. Why and how? So this is market value, as again reported by the Wall Street Journal. Uh, Because we've seen Elon said that he was going to buy Twitter at $54.20 a share. Uh, Now Twitter is basically closing well under that because of everyone has basically been trying to figure out, is Elon serious? Is he really going to do this? Is this just an artifact of him being the uh, SHIT poster on Twitter that he actually is? Or is he just generating chaos? Does he just want the uh, the accolades? Or is he really trying to point out that Twitter has frankly undermined its credibility pretending to be a neutral platform? So the, the vacillations of the market, I think, have sort of followed the, the chaotic nature of this takeover agreement. And people know that, you know, Twitter, Elon was going to pay overpay, frankly, for Twitter. So it looks like he's trying to get back to baseline trying to get to where what Twitter is actually worth. Kara, Zuckerbucks. We hear a lot about Zuckerbucks. One, what is it? Two, are states going after this thing now? What, what's happening? Yeah, so this is really interesting. So Mark Zuckerberg uh, in the 2020 election basically took $419 million and gave it to a nonprofit, the Center for Technology and uh, and Civics. And he basic and what they did with that money was use it to pay activists, use it to uh, work in swing states on behalf of Democratic causes and Democrat candidates, uh, get poll watchers that were actually activists, et cetera, et cetera. So it's essentially Mark Zuckerberg taking his Facebook fortune and giving it to swing states on behalf of Democrats. And we all know what happened in the 2020 election. Very, very dicey there. So it looks like Zuckerberg did actually have some impact on what went on during uh, 2020. And now states are saying, hey, this is not exactly above board. So we are going to basically place a ban on Zuckbox. We're not going to allow these big tech oligarchs to swing an election as 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 he did pretty much in 2020 so good thing that a lot of these states are moving out um there's a a capital research center has done a lot of work here on which states have decided to effectively create legislation to prevent this from happening and surprise surprise most of them are red states but i i say let's go let's keep doing this we can't let big tech oligarchs change the, the the election as much or influence the election rather as much as they have in the past finally nita jankowitz jankowitz whatever we want to call her she was on cnn had this to say over the weekend i felt like the government had just rolled over to the critics who had completely spun this narrative out of control hmm. based on absolutely nothing in reality and the fact that they they weren't able to defend me the person that they had chosen the expert that they had chosen to lead this board and and safeguard this work it just didn't hmm. feel like it was worth it uh, especially given Those the fact critics. that my family was receiving threats kara you guys are going after the dhs at heritage too why 
Uh, because the Biden administration, in particular the DHS, has shown that it's willing to weaponize the national security apparatus against the American people. Uh, you look at Nina Jankowitz, and this woman wouldn't know disinformation if it bit her in the behind. She believed the Hunter Biden laptop story at face value. She believed in uh, the Steele dossier and tweeted as much. She believed in the Alpha Bank story, all of which were actual disinformation campaigns. So she's lost complete credibility and frankly DHS has as well when they're flagging with terrorist indicators parents who are anti-CRT and showing up yeah. to school board meetings this is a massive problem when they're saying that anti-government anti-authoritarian ideologies is tantamount to terrorist activity as well as COVID vaccine misinformation potentially is again tantamount to terrorist activity then we have a DHS that's beclowned itself that is much more interested in targeting the American people and potentially dissenters than it is actually keeping the homeland safe. So Heritage is holding them to account. Our oversight project is doing what it does best. It's holding these big bureaucracies to account if they're not on the side of we the people. Kara, appreciate you. Come back soon. Thanks, Jesse. All right. We got to do lighten the mood next. <laughs> it's a good one. Before we do lighten the mood, let's darken it. Let's talk about scam artists. I freaking hate scam artists. You know, I've been taken by scam artists a couple times. One was a security system. I don't want to get into it. The other one was a couple projection TVs out of the back of a van. Look, it hurts me, okay? It hurts me. Did you get taken by a timeshare? A lot of people get stuck in timeshares. Buy a timeshare, use it up for a while. Maybe you get sick of it. Don't want it anymore. And then you find out the fine print says, oh, you were stuck in it for life. You have to pay those annual fees forever, special assessments. And people feel like there's no escape. There is an escape. Lone Star Transfer is your escape. Call Lone Star Transfer. You want to talk about Babe Ruth calling your home run shot? Lone Star Transfer guarantees the release of all liability to your timeshare, and they do it in writing and in a specific time frame. Make one phone call. You're not stuck. One phone call. Either go to LoneStarTransfer.com or call 844-310-2646. 844-310-2646. We'll be back. All right. It's time to lighten the mood. And why it doesn't hurt to check in on your handyman when you leave him alone in the house. Before we get to that, though, let's do just really quickly a little public service announcement when it comes to meat prices. You heard me say on the show, gosh, a year ago, I talked to ranchers a lot. My folks, they, they run cattle, so I know some ranchers. And I warned you about meat prices then. And we haven't seen the end of this. Meat Beef, chicken, seafood, the prices are going up. I know you're feeling it. You know you don't have to worry about that, right? When you subscribe to Good Ranchers, one, it's a great American company, a company that shares your values. Two, U.S. meat. Three, your meat prices are locked in. Locked in. So six months from now, when everyone else is paying 50% more for burger, you won't be. Go to GoodRanchers.com slash Jesse and sign up today, locking in your meat prices. GoodRanchers.com slash Jesse. Plus, you get 25 bucks off a box for the lifetime of your subscription. Go. Now. Friggin' dogs. My dog does this to me all the time. The wife comes in and she'll catch me snuggling with the dog and then I get made fun of. Poor handyman gets spied on by the house cam. That's so embarrassing. I'll see you tomorrow. Each morning, the President of the United States receives a highly classified briefing on the most important issues facing the country. It's called the President's Daily Brief, or PDB. It's delivered by America's spies and analysts. Well, now you can hear your very own PDB in the form of a podcast hosted by me, Brian Dean Wright, a former CIA operations officer. 
Each morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, I'll bring you 15 to 20 minutes of the most important issues facing the country, giving you the critical intelligence and analysis you need to start your morning. Hollywood is under siege from external forces. The same Hollywood that sold the American dream is now making nightmares a reality. Many major films make choices to appease the Chinese Communist Party to be distributed in China. Join Tiffany Meyer, an investigative reporter in Hollywood Takeover. Brought to you by the Epic Times, where she reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash jesse. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at. Like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.